This podcast was created as a part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify. We are back with an episode after 3 weeks. I know, long break. And I know we tried to stick to our commitment to release this particular episode on 5th December, exactly 1 month after 5th November. Now what if I tell you a movie which was slated for a perfect release date 5th of November 2005 had to be rescheduled by 4 months but what is this movie why is this day that is 5th of November so significant for that movie and for this podcast episode stay tuned for getting those questions answered and for more content this is avishek your host for binge beyond the box binge beyond the box where we analyze explore and entertain you about the why's how's and what i didn't know that's of creative content we consume regularly popular and offbeat tv shows movies ads and short films back in 2005 james mcteague directed a film set 6 years later from now it was about a mysterious masked man with a victorian dialect and a cape underneath the guy fox mask and the flare of a magician was a rebellion a rebellion like the one led by guy fox in november 1605 when a group of roman catholic nobles and gentlemen led by robert catsby conspired to essentially end protestant rule with perhaps the biggest bang in history their plan was to blow up the king the queen church leaders assorted nobles and both houses of the parliament with 36 barrels of gunpowder strategically placed in the cellars beneath the palace of westminster even though this mission failed this has been a part of british folklore ever since remember remember the 5th of november the gunpowder treason and plot i know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot coming back to our master crusader he was not just a rebel with a cause but a living breathing rebellion to change the status quo He was a man fed up with society's degradation at the hands of an ungrateful population. Not your average Batman, this masked crusader loved spectacles and made abundantly clear his crusade against the tyranny of a fascist regime. And through that superhero movie in a science fiction backdrop, this film has deconstructed politics clinically. I don't know if this is a rule of thumb, but Great personalities are often presented through a second personality. For instance, Arthur Conan Doyle and Agatha Christie's most famous characters have a second character or a second personality. However, it's also in the testimonial style biographies of famous people. Someone close to the person narrates their story, presenting them in all their glory. It also cleanses the lens of any misplaced notions that the people might have about them and yet given that it's the account of an admirer the sincerity comes under question whatever be the case v for vendetta the movie we are discussing today isn't an exception as we have natalie portman as ev telling us the story of hugo weaving who portrays v yes just v that's the name on silver screen v has been one of my favorite character introductions of all time who are you who 
Who is but the form following the function of what and what I am is a man in a mask. Well, I can see that. Of course you can. I'm not questioning your powers of observation. I'm merely remarking upon the paradox of asking a masked man who he is. Oh, right. But on this most auspicious of nights, permit me then, in lieu of the more commonplace sobriquet, to suggest the character of this dramatis persona. Voila! In view, a humble vaudevillian veteran, cast vicariously as both victim and villain by the vicissitudes of fate. This visage, no mere veneer of vanity, is a vestige of the vox populi, now vacant, vanished. However, this valorous visitation of a bygone vexation stands vivified and has vowed to vanquish these venal and virulent vermin, vanguarding vice and vouchsafing the violently vicious and voracious violation of volition. The only verdict is vengeance, a vendetta held as a votive not in vain, for the value and veracity of such shall one day vindicate the vigilant and the virtuous. <laughs> Verily, this vicious of verbiage veers most verbose, so let me simply add that it's my very good honor to meet you, and you may call me V. It's an intoxicating monologue that plays like music. With a caped crusader level fight where he single-handedly brings down the men around Evie, he establishes the fact that he doesn't show mercy. Not just that, he speaks in formal English. He's like a vigilante James Bond, suave, skilled and scary at the same time. The now iconic V monologue in under a minute tells us three things about this dramatis persona as he calls himself. Firstly, he is on a crusade against those who poison democracy by robbing the people of their voice. Secondly, he is a victim of fate and has adopted this form as a voice of the people to fight back against the perpetrators of that fate. Thirdly, he has an amazing vocabulary and loves to make an impression. Truly dramatic, the hero is as unique as they come because vigilantes love their anonymity both their actual identities and their adopted one. His love for drama becomes clearer as he blows up a prominent building which was a reminder of oppression, as if he's playing an orchestra. He also learned that this future is genuinely dystopian, as it surprises a girl that music is actually playing. The old Bailey stood for justice but had been poisoned by the autocratic government and we saw it fit to blow it to smithereens. The reaction this elicited wherein plans uh, were made of building a new bailey as a symbol of the present with a speech to remind people to not hold on to the past is reminiscent of pulling down statues of tyrant leaders in modern day after a coup or a revolution. The man's skill is unimaginable and planning is impeccable as within half an hour he has thrown a spanner into the works of the government, even made it an official statement through the press by holding a whole new channel building hostage. The story is brilliantly paced, somehow simultaneously keeping us pondering and on the edge of our seat. Your eyes will stay glued to the screen right up to the credits. V is undeniably charming with a screen presence that demands your attention all the time 
without his face just his voice aura and body language the dialogue writing is gift especially for lovers of the language apart from making brilliant points about how political leaders exploit weakness by preying on society's fears V's monologue on tape is literally poetic it reminds us that words are ever powerful and his belief in that becomes clearer and clearer the more he speaks he has a way with words that is confrontational yet flowery inspiring but not manipulative understanding yet aggressive for a man with an apparently steely demeanor ruthless in his approach he's actually rather a soft person playing classic songs like julie london's crimea river or a movie like roland willis the count of monte cristo among others are an acknowledgement of the man's romantic dispositions actually v is bound to be a romantic if you think about it he has read almost everything written by man and believes in the power of human spirit he is not one readily to admit defeat and lives his life in the pursuit of a freedom man used to know when his favorite classics came to be his knowledge makes him a formidable foe and his vocabulary makes him a damn good orator more than that he knows the wonders that people are capable of and that makes him a romantic at heart even though it gets expressed mainly through word v represents everything worth preserving about mankind and its history he carries the wisdom of generations the love of all poets the hope of entire civilizations and through him the oppressed live he is the voice of voiceless the face of the faceless and the warrior of an apparently non-existent war chivalrous as the knights of old he is the sum of all that that has conspired till his present from shakespeare and the bards and the storytellers he has learned how to weaponize his angst and this fuels his thirst for the vengeance against those who dare rob mankind of its liberty the greatest gift of mankind is imagination and those who seek to curb free will deserve no commemoration yet with lies about deliverance they occupy the seats of control and we realize only when it's too late v's relationship with ev is just like him a love story for the ages it begins as your typical knight in shining armor rescues damsel in distress story however it's much more refreshing watching the ruthless anti-establishment vigilante slowly falling in love with the woman he rescued and evie's feisty in her own way having come from a family of rebels and clearly making a choice to save v when she had the chance there is nothing pitiful in the way v conceived her and while i have my fair share of disapproval for the way he tricked her into captivity and tested her it shows how much he believed in her Evie also had her own misgivings about trusting the man who practically usurped her but the way he cared for her with the passion to help her fulfill her destiny instead of just live as an invisible god one of my favorite bits from V for Vendetta is a story of the woman Evie reads in prison Valerie Page Valerie's story made V into what he is in many ways her story inspired him to fight back against the same fate that was going to befall him and made him burn down the establishment and run away when he was a prisoner the effect on evie is similar and that shows rebellion lives in the hearts of every oppressed person some need triggering some are triggers 
but all of them burned with the fire born of discontentment. Valerie is a martyr, a symbol of repression, but the way she presents her story makes her look like the one in control. Her fearlessness helps Evie overcome her own fear of death. The paragraph where Valerie says she loves the reader further proves why we living behind a mask makes so much sense. Love and concern and passion do not need names or faces. They are feelings born of principles executed through symbols, sometimes literal, sometimes wheeled behind actions. And V's ability to care for a stranger without knowing anything about her is probably born of passionate love Valerie expressed for a stranger when she finished her note. His anger found a channel, but he realized that love can also be in a place of hatred. They are antonymous of course, but it's because you love yourself and your fellow human beings that you hate the oppression. The futuristic world design of V for Vendetta is much more terrifying than it's attractive. There isn't much hypermodern technology and in fact V hoards relics of an age gone by. Jukeboxes, records, sculptures, books, televisions among other things all mark technological milestones in the story of mankind. But the world looks distant from today. The buildings, especially the insides, look all shiny. However, the outside is gritty and even though Weave's fight sequences are stylish, the film looks dark and gloomy. It's not gloomy in a depressing tone though. The movie runs like a thriller. However, the color palette which barely features any traditionally bright shades makes the appearance ominous. V for Vendetta is a marvel of pacing. It's highly engrossing from start to finish even though the action is limited to the first and last half an hour. The dialogue is so interestingly polished that you will lose track of time and you'd want to listen to V's speeches for eternity. Plus, there is a multitude of storytelling within the movie itself. If Evie narrates her parents' story, V's story is slowly uncovered and then told by V himself in disguise. And of course, then there is Valerie Page. None of them move focus away from the central plot though. What these stories do is make the world and the people more accessible. You'll feel attached to V's crusade and the parallels drawn with reality to establish the fact that dystopia seems unfortunately unavoidable, won't be lost on you. Speaking of dialogues, there is just too many quotable a line. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Or, artists used lies to tell the truth while politicians used them to cover the truth up. Or, words offer the means to meaning and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. Or, symbols are given power by people. Or, and my favorite, ideas are bulletproof. And, of course, the famous quote with which we wanted to start this podcast and it repeats every on every 5 slash 11 now. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. With this borrowed finishing thoughts, I would invite you to re-watch the film or if you have not seen it yet, please go ahead and watch this classic for the first time. 
I'm sure you'll not be able to stop at only one view or one watch. Now, coming to some quick trivia, connecting back with what we started this episode with, the delays in release. The film was originally scheduled for release on the weekend of 5th November 2005, the gunpowder plot's 400th anniversary. And with the tagline, remember, remember the 5th of November. However, the marketing angle kind of lost its value because the release date got pushed to 17th March 2006. The team producing this movie told that they had some delays in their technicalities, but actually in 2005, the London blasts happened, the tube rail blast, and that might have been a reason for pushing this uh, movie by four months. But I mean, of course, no one accepted that officially. So if such slip-ups happen with movies, please cut this poor indie podcaster some slack too for delaying his episode by merely a few weeks. Now, speaking of classics, I have a few of them to compare this movie that is V for Vendetta with in our next episode. The first one is based on the movie's genre and theme, which is like V for Vendetta based on a dystopian state of Great Britain in particular. And the second one is a film where the central character I felt is as crazy as V from this movie. So much so that I tried to imagine whether they would be a good fit if they worked together in a movie or not. I can't give away the name of these movies, especially the second one, because the first rule prevents me from talking about it. Now make your guesses and do drop the names if you can crack them of these two movies that I'm going to compare Vivo Vendetta with in our social media DMs or you can drop a message on the Anchor app. So see you all in about half a week because we are going to release the next episode with a gap of maximum 3-4 days. Okay, bye-bye for today.